Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. It has been a hot minute. Uh, I took a couple months off from recording podcasts and I will timestamp this one because I definitely want to get it up ASAP. Uh, I am just back from a very belated honeymoon since we got married a year and a half ago. So we're going to go with very belated. Uh, but it is October 2020, and I have not recorded a new podcast in over a month to take time off to finish the book and lots of other things happening. And amongst that time, the gentleman returning to the show today, he and I got to catch up, I'd say about 10 days ago over a random Zoom call as I was traveling through business through upstate New York. And I love catching up with this gentleman. He and I met over the years through Thrive, Make Money Matter and all kinds of other fun things. And he has been on the show before, but I will give him a different intro because from that call 10 days ago, we connected on the importance of strategy in life, but most importantly, mm -hmm. the strategy of love. Uh, this mm -hmm. gentleman might know a little bit about love. And I'm excited to talk about that today because everything that's been going on here in 2020, so much energy is shifting positive versus negative. There's the election season, there's, there's COVID, there's lots of things outside of our control. But the one thing we can control is our own mindsets. So anyway, this gentleman understands the importance of promoting peace, love, and persistency in life. And yes, as I just hinted, he is the love strategist. So without further ado, PJ Dixon, welcome back to our Thanks, Live the Fuel show. So good to see you. I appreciate that. That's kind of funny. Uh, I remember when I first started uh, coaching, the very first business coach that I had decided to start calling me the love guru. Yep. And that just got, got picked up. And now you're referencing me as the love strategist, which is nice. But it all comes down to like, what is it that you really want? Right? How do you think? How do you believe? And the more you actually live into your life, the way you want to live, the more love you naturally have to share with others. You can't share what you don't have. I sure. always say this, right? If I invited you over to my house for a barbecue and you're like, what a free food. And you all came over to my place and you got there and you're like, okay, let's get some food. And we went into the kitchen and opened up the refrigerator door. Cause that's the noise all refrigerator doors make. <laughs> and I don't have any food. I can't share what I don't have. Mm. Right. So love comes from really letting go of the obstacles and the boundaries and the resistance that's separating you from love. So this idea that I'm stressed, I'm distracted, I'm discouraged, I'm not where I want to be in my life, all that pulls you away from love. It, your very essence, your very core, the only thing left is love. When you start to let go of the things that aren't working for you in your life and start picking up the things that you do love, that you do are excited about, that you do truly want to be doing or experiencing, then you, you become naturally full of gratitude. And gratitude is the precursor to love. I definitely agree. Uh, I definitely underestimated the importance of thankfulness, gratefulness, gratitude in life. Uh, I, I, a lot of my own self-work, which we continue to do, I want to remind people, uh, you're never sure. done doing the self-work. <laughs> Uh, it just grows and manifests at different levels as you advance in life. I think it definitely flows much easier once you're further down the line. I've noticed that for myself. But yeah, I I mean, I still stress out. Let's be real. I still stress out about things, but I think mm -hmm. I can get over them faster. I've learned mm -hmm. to deal with them better. I've learned mm -hmm. to, I like to say, own my shit and not blame others uh, and yeah. be grateful. 
yes. for the things I've achieved along the way. And I think yeah. that's something that everybody seems to forget. Like everything that's been happening this year, right? Let's pause mm-hmm. on that. Everything that's yeah. happened this year, lots of things outside of our control. Mm-hmm. But the one thing we do have to control over is how we react, right? Are we <laughs> acting in an essence of love or caring mm-hmm. for others? Or are we acting out in anger and hatred and all of these things that we are accountable for? <laughs> but it yeah. seems like there's thousands of people right now forgetting that and just mm-hmm. throwing gas on the fire. What, what are your thoughts on that? So I would first, um, I would first, change the languaging slightly sure because you said um you know it's it's all about how we react Mm -hmm. and i say that reaction is a slave action Mm. right a reaction is a slave action because i don't think about it if a ball flies in my face i just jerk my face out of the way or i throw my hand up to catch it right if i trip and fall i'm walking down the street and i trip and fall i tuck and roll or put my hands out to protect myself you know um so these are reactions these are things that the brain does to protect you And so if we allow reaction to lead us, then chances are we're almost always going to be leading from a place of fear, scarcity, self-doubt, worry that um, we're not good enough, this this sense of not being safe. So if we let reaction be the leader, then those parts of our brain specifically designed for the fight or the flight, the, the primitive part of our brain that's designed to keep us alive, that's only going to see outside of us potential pain, potential danger, potential problems. And so when we see that, there's not space for love. There's not space for fear and love. Mm. There's only space for love. It's a good point. Right. I mean, we talk, I've talked on past shows, which I'm going to connect with you on this is the, the lizard brain response, right? Like that prehistoric hard ingrained fight or flight life saving things, which again, when it works to your advantage is phenomenal. Super important. (laughs) Very valuable. But in many situations, it does sometimes not allow us to act in our best, back to your point, reaction, right? We're, get, we're being a slave to this prior programming that I have grown with. I know we can learn to get coached, get uh, get some growth beyond those things. Like a great book is, um, oh God, I love shouting her out, The Five Second Rule. Um, yeah. and, and, no and Robbins. She, yeah, right? So like, the whole concept is based around that too, right? Taking that five seconds to slow down and mm-hmm. then consider or think about your next thing versus that lizard brain response, just boom, 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 boom. Like those <laughs> fast responses, those lizard brain responses for me, if it's life, if it's life saving, absolutely, totally trust that, go. But there's so many situations I think we have allowed that to, I guess, manage our decisions or manage our life. What are your thoughts on that? So, We've definitely allowed it to control us, Mm -hmm. right? And manage is kind of an interesting word. So instead of even thinking about the word manage, we've allowed it to influence Mm. how we react, how we respond, not even respond, but how we react, right? Because I think that reaction is a slave action. So that means a response is the, the behavior of somebody who's free and free to make their own decisions to take that five seconds in Mel Robbins um, example right? To be able to think about, okay, what is it that I want? And if you realize that you have choices, then immediately there's a freedom available to you. But if you don't realize that there are choices, somebody yells at you, you yell back, they raise their voice, you raise your voice. I get angry, you get angry. If there's this back and forth, then you're not in control and they probably aren't either. It's the, um, 
that primal part of you in defense mode, trying to get enough to survive because all living things need power to survive. If I'm a plant, I need photosynthesis, right? Um, money is a power. Muscle is a power. Knowledge is a power. Food is a power. Photosynthesis is a power. All things need power to survive. So that means in essence, all things consume some sense of power. But that also re- means that if we give the power of choice over to our unconscious mind, then we're going to react and we're going to wind up feeling like, oh God, I wish I hadn't said that. How can I get that back? I can't fix that. Now it's going to cause the relationship to fall apart. Instead of stopping for a moment and going, even the relationship that, that you have with yourself, if you stop for a moment and feel a uh, feel into what is the outcome that I want, and then you see what you're being drawn into, are you being drawn into something from a state of fear, or are you being drawn into something from a state of empowerment? Mm. And so I teach something called PDA, power decision action, right? You may, you can't make a decision, very, certainly not very well without being empowered, without having a certain level of power in you. And so- yeah. And so when you're in your state of power or empowerment, whether that's through jogging, whether that's through exercise, whether that's through meditation or artwork or dance um, or prayer, whatever it is that allows you to feel aligned, all of a sudden you're aligned and you're like, okay, wait, like I feel good. I feel connected. I feel coherent between my heart and my mind. I feel focused. I feel present. Okay. Now, what is it that I want to do? And you can ask the question, and the wisdom, the knowledge, the next step will come through you, right? You'll be like, okay, this is what's next. Okay. And then you take action immediately because the decision has been made from power. You can spend a lot of time in that space of power, but the moment that you ask, okay, what's next? Okay. What do I want to do next? Okay. What needs to be completed next? Or, okay. What direction? As soon as there's a knowing you have to follow it with the action because that five seconds that Mel Robbins is talking about can also work against you. And this is why I should call it yes, five seconds. Yes, yes, I'm glad you're right? hitting on this. There's pros and cons, right? <laughs> right, well, the problem is that if you make the decision, like let's say I make a decision to work on a particular project and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go get a sandwich, then I'm gonna get something to drink and then I'm gonna come back. Then I'm gonna check Facebook a little, maybe I'll check out a YouTube video. Maybe I'll get to the project, maybe I won't. But if I go, okay, let me get in my power, right? I'm confused, I don't know where I want, what I wanna do. This happens great when you're confused. So if you stop for a minute and you go, okay, wait, I feel confused. I'm not feeling very confident right now. Let me get in my power. Let me get aligned, whatever that is, or looks like, or feels like for you. Once you're aligned and you say, okay, what do I want to do? All right, this is what's next. Immediately take action on it because you will accomplish it because you've got the energy level. Now, the thing is one more piece is that most people don't realize I've been teaching this for years and I've only just heard in the past few months that scientists have proven this to be true is that when you have um, this thing that you feel like you need to do, or this thing that you want to do, or this expectation you put on yourself, but you just can't seem to get emotion. You just can't move. I'm just, I'm stuck on the couch. I can't get off of YouTube. I just like, I, I know I should be doing something, but I just can't. It's because inside of your mind, there's a sense that there's effort. This is going to take a certain amount of effort. Effort means I'm going to have to expend power or energy that is necessary for me to live, for me to survive. And the brain goes, "Mm, we're not feeling very energetic right now. And you want to expend some more energy. And so when you're going to expend some more energy, that means we're not going to necessarily have the power, 
the energy, the life force that we need to keep us alive. Not that we're going to die if you go off and do this other project, but we'd like to keep a little in reserve, right? This is what the unconscious mind is saying. But if you change that, that's the norepinephrine, the noradrenalines overwhelming a part of your brain that literally causes a paralysis in your muscles. Mm. So you just can't move. You just get stuck. I just, I, I'm just stuck. Like I can't get myself up off the couch to do this. I know, I know I need to do this, but the moment you start to dope yourself, right? The moment you start to get excited, the moment you start to get joyful, the moment you start to get curious, inquisitive, enthusiastic, we're like, no, like this is going to be cool. This is exciting. This is going to get this off of my plate. This is going to get this stress out of my life. I'm excited to do this and be done with it. All of a sudden I can feel the tingle up my spine. I can feel the tingle in my brain. My brain is dumping dopamine in it. I'm doping myself. And what dopamine does is it pushes back the noradrenaline, the noradrenaline and the norepinephrine, same thing, same chemical. It pushes it back. And when it pushes it back, all of a sudden you're liberated to move again. And you're liberated to move with energy and excitement. This is something that I've been teaching my clients for as long as I've been working with clients. What they don't understand is they don't know how to get themselves emotion. And if they don't know how to get themselves emotion, I just teach dope yourself, get yourself excited. When you get yourself excited, literally you feel, you feel, you fill your body with more energy and the brain goes, Oh, okay. We got more energy. Okay. I'll, I'll let you go and do that now. I was going to get into I mean, that. Like I was, cause yeah. I, I know you've helped a lot of people with this and yes, it's sometimes easier said than done, right? People respond that way. And I talk it often about mindset and I'm a big fan of the law of attraction and yes, positive. You want positivity to attract positivity versus negativity attracting negativity. Uh, but for a lot of people, they're looking for that. Oh, I don't want to say it's the easy switch, right? But like, what are some of those little things? Like you kind of already hinted at it, but it's like, okay, well just start thinking about something that makes you happy. Or like there's that old cheesy saying, which I actually like is like, you know, you know, put yourself in your happy place. Like, find, do you even know what your happy place is? Like, before we even hit record today, you and I were discussing about what we surround ourselves with, like in your yeah. home studio or my office yeah. and home studio, and how I just redid my artwork yes. because I'm an outdoor sports night, and I wanted yes. art. I wanted you know artwork that symbolized yes. the skiing and biking lifestyle I have, but it had quotes. Like the one right behind me is, you know, the mountains are calling. I must yes. go. Like yes. I just, I see that behind me right now as yes. I'm talking to you and it just makes me feel yes. good. So, cause I love the mountains, <laughs> but I mean, so, so what, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? So I would say that when people talk about going to their happy place, I think what they typically are referencing is letting go of the stress, right? Letting go of the attachment, letting go of the pain and the suffering okay. because all things suffer, all things suffer. It's just the way of the, of the world, right? But not everything has to be painful. And suffering comes because of an attachment. If I hold my mind attached to suffering, then people are going to say, just go to your happy place, go to your happy place. What they're really saying is let go, release, detach from this thing that you're holding yourself back with, this sense or this feeling of obligation or dread or resistance or pain or suffering like if i hold on to that then i'm not going to be able to move forward very well and so by going to my happy place they're just suggesting release that and find once you release that what's what's left right. it's that love it's that happiness it's that joy that peace i'm actually suggesting that you be a little more um active with it 
where you actually choose, instead of thinking about a happy place, I don't think about a happy place. I just choose to change my emotion. It's literally that easy. I just go, oh, if I have the power to choose how I want to feel, I can choose to feel sad. I can feel choose to feel angry. I can choose to feel hurt. I can feel choose to feel upset. The thing is that so many people don't choose the emotions. They allow their emotions to be chosen, right? So I say this all the time. From that lizard Think brain and everything thoughts. else, right? Yeah. yeah, say it again. I say, well, they're allowing they're just those, those emotional decisions to be made for them based on their already existing programming, right? Lizard yeah, brain, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. 100%. This is why I say, think your thoughts, don't let your thoughts think you. Hmm. Think your thoughts, don't let your thoughts think you. So I like I wake up in the morning and I'm angry or upset or somebody you know shows up late to a meeting and now I'm upset. Am I upset or am I witnessing and experiencing the upset because my mind has created this suffering for me because I've allowed my unconscious mind to think me into a particular emotion. But if you consciously choose how you want to think, then you consequently are in control of your emotions. So we've heard our whole life, well, you're in control of your emotions, you know, but, but we don't see that. So very few people demonstrate that we're in control of our emotions, Mm. but I do. I definitely believe that I'm in control of my emotions. Most of the time, always no, no, most of the time. Yes because I consciously monitor how I'm feeling. And if I start to feel in a way that I don't like, I'll ask myself, okay, do I like how I'm feeling right now? And if I don't, I say, okay, what would I rather feel instead? I don't say, go to your happy place. I don't make a medium, like an, an in-between state. If I don't like how I'm feeling right now, how would I rather feel? Okay. I'd rather feel happy, joy, patience, peace, calm. And I go, okay. And think about all of those emotions, like summer homes right? You don't need a map or a GPS That's to true. get to your summer home. You, you've been there a dozen times. Yeah, it's my summer because home, you, right? Yeah. yeah. Say it again. That's like, if I had one, I'd be like, Hey, that's my summer home. I obviously right. know they've been there, done that, live there, own it, rent it, whatever yeah. we're doing. Yeah. So you don't have to GPS your way there. You know, your way there. So you know, your way to happiness, you know, your way to joy, you know, your way to peace, you know, your way to love, you know, your way to forgiveness. You felt those before. So two questions. Do I like how I'm feeling right now? And you never ask that question when you're excited and joyful, right? Because before you would even get to the question, like, do I like how I'm feeling right now? You'd be like, oh, God, this is amazing. I'm so grateful. This is so wonderful, right? Even if you're not spiritual, just that idea that, man, I'm out in nature. I'm living life. I'm with these people. This food is amazing. I feel so comfortable in my home. This is great. Whatever it is that you're doing, you feel amazing in that. And so because you feel amazing in that state, then you're already shifting how um, how your unconscious mind was thinking. I, I love where we're you're at. Not right thinking now. your thoughts. I love where we're at because I, I, you know, I'll, I love doing this to myself. Can I put myself on the hot seat and have you dissect yeah. me? Let's do it. All right, because like I love your coaching style. So, so here's a great example. Um, obviously, we were leaving to finally take our very belated honeymoon, right? Yes. So my, I, I didn't actually give you the, all the details. So it wasn't actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was supposed to happen, and then it wasn't going to happen because obviously, mm-hmm. thanks to all things with COVID, uh, sure. Our original honeymoon game plan was Italy and Greece. Well, yes, we never even really got into the deep planning of it because COVID. Italy was a hard hit country. There was no way we were going there. So then, my wife's like, "Well, listen, she's because she's a veterinary doctor, so she cares for other people's animals. Her schedule's crazy. She's on call and like, gets called in the middle of the night and all kinds of stuff. So she's like, okay." I got this weekend in October. That's mm-hmm. it. 
if I don't take it, mm-hmm. you know, because of her responsibility to her fellow doctors, because she's an, and she's an owner in the business, but she's like, right. I'm on call the rest of the year. There's no right. way we're fitting a trip in. She's right. like, do we keep pushing it off or not? I mean, we're and the beauty was, amazing friends and family gave us wedding money or you know honeymoon. We had a, we had a little honeymoon fund, so we already had money to spend. It's been sitting there for a year and a half. <laughs> so we're like, <laughs> I don't care. Pick a country. So, um, so a friend of mine I've known for 20 years has her own travel company. And I was like, great, hand it to Jessica. Let her rock, rock it out. And cause Kristen, right. my yeah. wife always does everything. I'm like, baby, no, it's our honeymoon. Let's hand it to a professional. Yeah. And that was a win by the way. She crushed it yeah. because literally as we we're leaving Costa Rica is, was the game plan. Mm-hmm. We were going to stay at this volcanic resort, yada, yada. So I'm all excited because I'm outdoors, right? I'm in the mountains. Yeah, absolutely. Mountains, right? And Kristen's obviously excited. So we are a friend of ours. She's like, hey, I'm this crazy platinum level traveler. Go stay at the Marriott right in the middle of Newark Airport, New Jersey. And that way you don't have to rush around the next morning, get on the flight. Like, awesome. So free hotel room. We're out there. We realize Costa Rica requires a COVID test. And the test results. So to be mm-hmm. taken and received within 72 hours of flight or else you can't mm-hmm. get in the country, mm-hmm. which right now is virtually impossible. Uh, <laughs> trying to get, trying to get guaranteed test results back in that short of a time is hit or miss. So we took tests all week long, negatives across the board. We're very healthy. We're fine. Couldn't get in the time perfectly. So at five o'clock in the morning before our flight at six o'clock in the morning, Saturday morning mm-hmm. last week, I had to call yeah. the insurance number first time we bought travel insurance and canceled it. Oh, so then I, but here's the best part. Cause Jessica's amazing. We're literally texting throughout the day, planning for the worst case scenario. I get her on the phone, talk as like, Hey Jess, give us the worst cases. Or where, where can we go just in case? So, and we end up going to Mexico. Oh, <laughs> so okay. Jessica's okay. She's by, by this time cut off. She's like, if we don't got it on lockdown, go. Because we're waiting for these test results to get emailed. Because if we get them electronically, we're fine. Anyway, yeah. that blows up. Whole, the best part was, the short in the story is, Kristen, the whole time on Friday going into Saturday, she's like, why are you so calm? She's like, yes. you're the one who travels like crap. Because <laughs> like, right before a trip, I'm Mr. OCD and want everything dialed in and organized. And I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. And I'm completely chill. And she's like, who are you? <laughs> so it's like, the baby. I was like, because I'm so tired of everything going on. I don't care where I go. Like, pick a country, any country. I don't care. I'm ready to go. I was like, we got yes. the money. Let's yes. do it. <laughs> so yes. so yes. she was very impressed by that. And she's like, could you do this more often when it's yes. time to travel? So I was like, yes. I kept that in the back of my mind. But then we come back. Mm. So fast forward the whole story. Mm. I get back to my car yesterday and the car is dead. Can't start mm. it. She's like, didn't you just have the car serviced at the dealership? I'm like, yeah. I was like, but clearly something was left on, which killed the battery. Mm. Well, on the drive there, it was my, and this is my accountability. I turned the reading light on so she uh, could, she, she was submitting lab results. She was still working, yeah. even leaving for vacation. I'm like, baby, right. like, yeah, so if this makes yeah. you feel better, she's like, yeah, but you're driving. I don't want to distract you with the light. I'm like, baby, you could barely see the keyboard. I don't, I'll yeah. turn on the passenger side reading light, finish your work, make yourself feel better. So we get yeah. to our friend's house where we're leaving yeah. the car at. Uh, and then they were going to drop us at the airport. Mm-hmm. So 
I walked out of the house. I, I trusted her to finish working on her laptop. She just wanted to finish a few more submissions of lab work and then shut it down. I was like, just lock the car. I already had everything moved out. She left the reading light on. <laughs> so <laughs> I was quite perturbed upon coming home for an amazing trip, and I can't even go home because now my car is dead, so now i got to call AAA. These are, by the way, totally first-world problems we're going over. Totally. Right Absolutely. So, but I, I still got I, – I allowed my frustration to kick in. I'm like, are you serious? Like, she's just like, I didn't leave anything on. I'm like, you had to have because the car's dead. And then I sure I look up on the ceiling, and I can see the, the passenger side reading light is still pushed in. I'm like, mm. you left the reading light on. You killed my car. So anyway – I'm not going to keep going on the story. The point was I allowed my frustrations to come back in. Mm. So that was, that's, that's some stuff I got to work on, man. So I got, so, I got a little let's, upset with her. Let's look at this. Yeah. Okay. First, we started out the conversation with you saying, uh, talking about taking responsibility. Okay. And that's amazing because most people don't really take responsibility. Mm -hmm. And it sounds as if that's something that's important to you. And you do. Oh, I say this often. Uh, my but, quote for you is, I tell people, is like, if more people would step up and own their shit in life, yeah, the world would be a better place. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, yeah. I do take that very seriously. <laughs> but let's look at this, okay? You were probably tired. Is that true? We left Mexico, the hotel, at 3 a.m., hour okay. and a half ride to the airport. <laughs> uh, she slept on the plane, tried to sleep late. I didn't sleep at all. I just kept, you know, so, yes, I was probably okay. fatigued. So, you're tired. Yeah. Um, great trip, but ready to be home and just sort of have that space of relaxing mm -hmm. from the vacation. Yeah, Sunday was supposed prepping. to be my chill transition day, uh, flying yeah. home, go chill out, yeah. you know, okay. Monday's ahead. All right. <laughs> and so what did that mean to you that you, you're going to have this chill out relaxation day? I wanted to keep the chill factor continuing. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, hey, we had such an amazing yeah. week. Yeah. Let's just make sure we get home. Because it was so easy, right? We, we're, we, our only goal was to go home and pick our dog up so she could cuddle him. So yeah. oh, nice. it wasn't a, it wasn't a rocket science home homeward bound trip. Go home, unpack, okay. throw stuff in the laundry, cuddle the dog, uh, order dinner out, you know, to have delivered yeah. because I don't want to cook. She doesn't want to cook. Like just chill, like close the trip out smooth. Right. So yes. Right. And so it sounds to me like that would be nurturing. Yes. Yes. yes very. Nurturing. And then all of a sudden. There's something that stopped that, right? Immediately, like that dead we in had tracks. control over, right? <laughs> well, you say you had control over. We should right? have had and control you, over it. So, right. Well, whether you do or not, right? It's in the past, and you can't fix it, mm -hmm. right? But the thing is that when you when you look at that, um, what you're saying is now I don't get in, inside of your mind. Let me ask you: What are you saying when? when you realize that the car was dead, right? What's the first thing that went through your mind? You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, right. And, but, and then I was like, I was like, okay, what went wrong? Because I just had the car going over and I, right. I used to work on my own cars so I can, yeah. I'll figure it out. And obviously if I can't even unlock the car with the remote, I know the battery's dead. I just know it because right. the keychain never left my check bag luggage. So I was like, there's no way it got wet. There's no way it got damaged. It's, you know, so it's like, it's got to be car related. I, I mean, I, I really go into my diagnostic thing and I, yeah, and I, I figured it out within two minutes. So, but yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And then I immediately went to like, you got to be kidding me. This is such a stupid, silly thing that could have been prevented is the way my brain works. So, okay. But, but look, uh, this is important for you to realize. Okay. And for everybody who's listening yeah. that 
you're smart enough to say that's what my brain did, mm-hmm. right? That's not what you did. I make a very clear distinction between the conscious you and the unconscious, right? You consciously weren't thinking that. It was being thought from your unconscious and that frustration was coming from that level of unconscious, mm-hmm. right? Where you're, you're feeling, you're being made to feel this particular feeling because of what it meant. What did it mean to you that what did your brain create almost immediately when you're like, oh, it's the battery. Like after those five or 10 minutes, when all of a sudden or two minutes, after you all of a sudden decided, you know what, it's, this must be the battery, yeah. right? As soon as you made that realization, what did your brain um, well, make this Well, part of that is a battery can die. Yeah, I, I, I know the battery. I know the battery because I know I'm, and, and part of this is because you know part of my backstory, being a wildland firefighter, I was, we were in charge of every piece of that vehicle, very militaristic, right? Yeah. So you're, you're, well, I'm a big advocate for my My father taught me as a kid is preventative maintenance. Stay yeah. on top of everything. Keep everything yeah. dialed, right? That was yeah. what I quote with firefighter. Yeah. Like, dude, you keep your shit dialed. You keep your gear dialed. You keep your vehicles dialed. So mm-hmm. you remove a lot of these concerns that affect people because we everything is always ready to go. So that's why I immediately went to diagnosis. I'm like, okay, could the battery have died? It's only one year old. Everything is completely dead. And then as soon as I found that button, I'm like, this was human error. <laughs> and, and so instead of me asking you questions for the sake of time, yeah. right? Um, I'll just like sort of jump to the point. Sure. As soon as um, you recognize it was human error, there was the judgment of, in my world, because of the way I was raised, because of my career, because of the importance of being process driven, step by step by step by step, and taking care of vehicles, mm-hmm. right? You don't do that. You overlook that. You weren't aware. You weren't paying attention. Now I'm suffering because I don't get to go home and get what it is that I want and have the rest of my weekend uh, or the wet rest of my vacation end in this really soft, smooth, easy transition, right? So there's this, all of a sudden this sense of loss, something being taken from you. But if we were to flip that around, since she's a vet, right? And you were like, babe, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to feed the dog chocolate. Yeah. And she's like, how can you not know you're not supposed to feed dogs chocolate? Chocolate is toxic to dogs. True. Now our dog is incredibly sick, right? And this is, you didn't know that? How would you even think that? I was just thinking, you know, so in her world. So, yeah, life or death you know, related. Yeah. Hmm. But, in, but yeah, it's life or death related, but it's still in her world she understands that and because you're not necessarily well i don't know you might be a medic too um but but because yeah but because you're not a doctor you know something might occur you might do something that she would be equally as upset with you because in her world it makes total sense oh if i screwed up with our dog i mean that's her baby i mean yeah but but the thing is the problem is that your world represents you know the mechanical, the process, the step-by-step, and we're ending this vacation. It's going to be a smooth, you know, transition. We're going to go home, pick up the dog, mm-hmm. order some food. It's going to be a great rest of the night, great weekend. And then all of a sudden it stops because you had these expectations, mm. right? So it's a lot like running and then all of a sudden tripping and falling on your face. Mm. It's such a, such an incredible shock to the system that your instinct takes over and there's that reaction because something was immediately stolen from you, this vision, right? Okay. So I like that. You could have caught yourself earlier. Yeah. Um, you could. You can catch yourself. Like some people, they trip and fall, 
and they put the wrists out, their hands out, and they break their wrists. Some people fall, they break their elbows. Some people who have martial arts training, they trip and fall, they tuck and roll, right? So you just didn't tuck and roll. Yep. You know, because again, you and I get plan. you and I get that because yeah. you're both yeah. we both have martial arts background, so mm-hmm. I totally get you right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just face planted. Yeah. And I, I, I wrecked on things. a mountain bike two weeks ago and I literally rolled through it with my bike. So, I mean, I had a couple yeah. little bangs and bruises, but nothing broken, nothing, you know, yeah. I stayed, I stayed limp. I stayed relaxed and just rolled yeah. through it. So I was uh, playing wheelchair rugby. I used to play wheelchair rugby. Um, and the very first tournament I was ever playing in the very first game I ever played in actual legitimate, like on tour game, um, was, uh, I don't remember where we were, but this guy was, we had the ball in his lap and he was pushing his chair as fast as he could. And he's a big dude, like really muscular. And I ran out in front of him and stopped him. So he hit my wheelchair from the side, flew over my lap, dropped the ball and rolled his chair and almost rolled all the way back up onto all four wheels. Wow. Right. Why? Just because that's what his instinct was to, for survival. Um, <clears throat> that's pretty cool. And so, yeah. And so it, you know, it can be trained out of us. Or it can be trained into us. Or, unfortunately, we can just let life happen the way it's going to happen. And then we operate out of instinct, which means that we are subject to how people or how our unconscious mind wants to form. I love how you dissected all this. So so strong work, as I expected. (laughs) So how do you, Mm -hmm. I guess, help people? Because this actually is a great point for the whole show, so today, is that how do we get people to take something as important as this, these shifts, these changes more seriously besides just listening to this show? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's what you're, you're getting to that point. I'm getting there with you anyway, right? I'm like, we know you and I both know this is important. I'm always working on it. You're always helping people work on it. All of us have to keep working on it and take it more seriously. And yes, I know there's a lot of things on people's priorities in life. But what you're helping us understand today that I take seriously is that this literally impacts us personally, professionally, and especially, in my case, romantically. One hundred percent. Right. Absolutely. How I how I love others, how I love people close to me, how I love my business and my projects. Like I, I actually tell people now I I apply love to everything. If I don't yeah. love working with a client, yeah. I will let them go. Like I yeah. why would I torture myself with somebody who literally does not make me enjoy my business. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how do you, how do we help people take that more seriously and get them going on the path at least to understand that's the, if it's of its importance? So that's a really fantastic question. And I think it's fantastic because most people, and I've said this a couple of times already, just live, they let their, they think they don't think their thoughts, they let their thoughts think them. Mm-hmm. So they just live out of um, reaction mode. And so, I would say if you just stop for a minute and look at your life and go, where am I really unhappy? And when do I get unhappy? And do I like how that feels? And if I go, no, I don't like how that feels. I don't like to be angry. I don't like to be hurt. I don't like to be sad. I don't like to be frustrated. Okay. Then uh, the moment you realize that um, David Goggins talks about winning the war in the morning. And what he means by winning the war in the morning is he's referencing doing waking up in the morning and doing all the hard things first. His mirror Getting game. all the oh, things. That, say again? The accountability mirror. Is that, is yeah. that what he called it? Yeah. yeah. Got, I'm actually listening to his book again right now. I was listening to it on the beach in Mexico. So Okay. Okay, yeah. great. So what he's, what he's proposing, 
with winning the war in the morning is that we're limited by the amount of willpower that we have. And willpower wanes throughout the day. So towards the end of the day, we have less and less and less willpower. Okay. And so he's suggesting that you do all the hard things first. I borrow his term winning the war in the morning to say that when you, the moment you start to feel even an inkling of something that you don't like, anxiety, stress, frustration, disappointment, confusion, irritation, anything that doesn't feel good, the moment you are aware, you go, oh, hold on, do I like how I'm feeling? And if the answer is no, then you ask yourself, how would I rather feel? And then you shift consciously into that. Mm. And if you, if you just simply start by saying, like, how do I want to feel? Like, I don't want to feel frustrated, irritated, disappointed. You're going to feel those. But the question is, how long are you going to feel those? How much is it going to take control of you? Because this idea of winning the war in the morning, think about this. If you don't take care of that emotion and that sense and that feeling and that thought process that whatever your brain is thinking, if you don't take care of that by lunchtime, it's going to be much bigger to handle. Dinner, much worse. Midnight snack, it's a full-on army. Mm -hmm. So you're going against a full um, armed siege of negative thoughts and feelings and emotions and beliefs about yourself, all of these things are attacking you at once. But if you catch it early, just even the subtlest of sensations where you're like, mm, yeah, do I like how I'm feeling? No, but what would I rather feel? I'd rather feel peaceful. Okay, then let me just shift into peaceful. And uh -huh. what happens is you start to train your brain. And it literally, when you, when you said, like, how do we get people to do this? You just simply ask them, like, right now, are there times in your life when you're unhappy? Absolutely. If the answer is absolutely, yeah. then what are you going to do about it? It starts right now by saying, oh, okay, well, I'm going to ask myself that question. Do I like how I'm feeling? No. What would I rather feel instead? I mean, there's other ways sure. that we can get into how to shift the brain and how to shift the thinking, how to shift what you're seeing and feeling. Um, and that changes everything. But, I, I, but I, mean, I love that your just, point. That should answer your question right to the point. Yeah, I, I love your point is go at it from the very first thing. Like, for example, I knew that we were going to have a stressful travel day, right? So, or sometimes I have a stressful day with, with Calvin or Coonhound, right? It's just sometimes sure. he wakes up in a weird manner, right? Sure. But like, for example, if I knew that I was getting at three o'clock in the morning. So if yeah. I was going to train myself better and get better at this, yeah, I would have been reminding myself as we got up and got everything packed and ready to leave the hotel is, hey, it's a travel day. So mm -hmm. let's start the day off positive because it's three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, we're getting in that, in that, uh, the, the, private transport at 4 a.m. for a, a six, you know, a seven or eight o'clock in the morning flight out of Mexico. It was like, it's going to be a long day. There's, there's yeah. probably going to be something. There could be, there could have been flight problems, airport problems, luggage problems, yeah. uh, sure. uh, the getting back into the country problems. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's a lot of things. I, I know that. But yeah. to your point, I should have paused. I can pause, learn to catch myself first thing in the morning and set that positive mindset recalibration first thing in the morning so when that stuff hits, I've already got myself thinking that way at the beginning of the day. I love that. The other, the other question is, who are you living for in that moment? You weren't living for your wife. No. You're living for you. I was being very selfish. Right? Yeah. Right. And, and not, not from a conscious selfishness, nope. but from an unconscious selfishness. Yeah. Right? You were, you were physically tired, and the body said, look, I don't have very much energy, and now this is going to take an, an extra expensive energy that we hadn't accounted for mm -hmm. because of your oversight, because you left this on, yeah. right? So now I have to dip into the reserves 
and put myself in potential danger because I don't have the energy to, you know, uh, to really waste at this point. And from so a selfish it's, point it's of view there. Biological, bro. Yeah. Keep going. No, go ahead. I was to say, like, we both wanted to go home. We both wanted yeah. to relax. We both wanted to see our dog. So, yeah, I mean, she wants the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love your points here. Well, well listen, yeah, we're, yeah, we're coming to the end of our slot already because I, I know you got a busy day. Um, I want to make sure you – it's been a long time, by the way. You were last on this show. I aired you, wow, December 30th, 2016, way back wow. on episode 36. So it has wow. been too long. Yeah. Something that changed since 2016 was I now ask my guest co-host to help leave behind uh, something that means to you, a powerful legacy message, something that's all-encompassing. I used to call it the final words of the show. Oh, cool. But something like you gets it, the mindset, the inspiration, the the, yeah. the motivation to move people forward. What mm. would you like to leave behind for the audience? Mm, I would say this. I would say change is inevitable. Transformation is a choice. Change is inevitable. Transformation is a choice. I love it. See, that's a, I need to knock that out of the park. All right. <laughs> Hang tight and you probably goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> PJ Dixon has made the return. So as a reminder, guys, when we air this show, all the show notes, uh, the blog articles, all the, everything linked for him. If you want to find him anywhere, he's everywhere, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, the website is pjswisdom.com. Uh, but you can search for PJ's Wisdom. You can search for PJ Dixon. Um, you're going to find him, like I said. So, again, we'll have all the profiles linked like we always do. And, again, whether it's promoting peace, love, persistence, you heard it today. This guy is a love strategist. I loved having him dissect me for you all because I can literally be a jackass, and it's okay. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging with us. PJ, thanks for joining us. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, you too can live the fuel and thanks for hanging. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com. Live the Fuel.